Hi, and welcome to another episode of the ServiceNow podcast, Tech Bytes, information for everyone in the ServiceNow world about how to use our product better and get the most out of ServiceNow. I'm Suzanne Smith. I'm part of the knowledge team here at ServiceNow, and I'm happy to be your host. In today's news bulletin, we have two stories for you. First, Splunk brings the power of analytics to improve incident resolution by combining its powerful data analytics with ServiceNow's incident management. See the ServiceNow community for more information. Also, Cognita creates crystal clear visibility and maximum IT budget efficiency with ServiceNow. Global Schools Group learns new ways to work while keeping its IT working. In today's episode of Tech Bytes, we are very happy to have Ben Yukich here with us. Hi, Ben. Hey. Ben has been at ServiceNow for four and a half years. He started out as a senior developer and is now a solution architect. And Ben's world here at ServiceNow is all about discovery. So today's topic is gonna be tips and tricks, best practices and information for everyone who is using discovery or who is maybe thinking about using discovery. So first let's let Ben talk about himself a little bit. Ben obviously is in an interesting position because he started out as a developer and now he's on the solution architect side. So he has lots and lots of info about discovery. Yeah, thanks for that. So. I've been at ServiceNow for for a while. Had a ton of fun working in our engineering department. You know, got to get really into the weeds with our product. You know, wrote a, a whole lot of bugs that are in Discovery to this day. <laughs> Proud of those, most of all. You didn't put any <laughs> bugs in there, Ben. No, it's true. My my code is infallible. That's, <laughs> no, that's a lie. Uh, but yeah, loved working with our customers so much that I transitioned into uh, a much more customer focused role where that's my day to day. Just talking with customers, helping them see the value out of Discovery and the rest of our operations management suite. That's great. I also want to make sure that we let people know that Discovery is a separate licensed yes. product. So yes. can you explain that so people know how you get this and, and start using it? Absolutely. So Discovery is licensed separately from the, the standard platform. So the standard platform, you know, you may be familiar with the notion of fulfillers, requesters, approvers, things that are, you know, very specific to how humans work. You know, I might request something, you might fulfill it, somebody in the middle might have to approve. When you start talking about infrastructure, who's the requester, who's the fulfiller, it doesn't really apply anymore. And so the licensing is going to be based on the size of that infrastructure, you know, how many devices you're running discovery against. That's great. Uh, can you tell, can you give people sort of the introduction real quick about what Discovery is and and what it does? Absolutely. So Discovery is a tool to basically reach out into your environment and populate your CMDB based on all of the systems, the network devices, computers, servers, printers, routers, everything that's out there inside your environment and get all the technical detail about those devices into your CMDB. That's the Configuration Management Database. So running Discovery is going to save people a ton of time by not having to enter this all manually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't tell you how many customers I work with who still track all of their systems and servers inside of a, a big spreadsheet. 
Oh, not a spreadsheet. Yes. Not a spreadsheet. And we have some very large CMDBs out there. Oh, Correct. yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're not talking about 20, 50 entries. These, no. This is big. No, we aren't talking about, you know, your your brother-in-law's server rack in his closet. These are organizations with, you know, literally hundreds of thousands of systems in their environment that are using this tool to keep that CMDB up to date on a daily basis. With Discovery, I know that one of the things about Discovery is that there is a lot that customers can do before they run Discovery to be more successful and to have a better experience with it. Can you tell us a little bit about what people can do before they run it to make it as successful as possible? Since a lot of times you're talking about companies that are mature, they've had a lot of things out there for a long time. What can they do? So particularly for a company that's already pretty mature, they've probably already done the legwork. The The number one stumbling block when folks are looking at a discovery product, really any discovery product that takes our approach, uh, which is an agentless approach to communicate with these devices, uh, they have to solve the same problem. And that's going to be access to all of the endpoints. You know, some tools require an agent. That would be a piece of software that's installed on every system in their environment. But ours does not. And a side effect of that is you do need to have credentialed access to all of the systems in your environment to acquire sufficient information about them. And that can be a big pain point. If you don't already have service accounts that are you know, common across all of the systems out there, it's not very reasonable to you know, ask the individual system owners to provide you know, a local admin credentials, for example, or a local user account on all of those systems. So if you already have uh, the notion of a, a maintenance account, some you know, shared sysadmin account that has privileged access to most of the systems in your environment, you're going to you know, get up and running much more quickly. Absolutely. And Discovery, I think one of the amazing things about Discovery is truly all the different things that it can discover. So can you get, I mean, you don't have to run down the whole laundry list, but I think there are some things that it can find in people's systems that, that surprise them. <laughs> Absolutely. So one of the, one of the things that's really unique and, and this, this sort of builds on top of that agentless architecture is it's incredibly flexible when it comes to supporting new devices. You know, the, the base platform comes with great support for a ton of different classes of servers and network equipment and sand trays and the like but you can very quickly expand on that support so say some new piece of hardware comes out tomorrow that we've never heard of as long as it speaks one of the high level protocols that we support so something like ssh or powershell or snmp uh, just a couple examples as long as it supports one of those protocols we can probably, or I should say, you know, you, the customer, can probably build out support for it on your own inside of, you know, a matter of minutes, not days or weeks. So that's truly going to get good coverage across all the different CMDB items that can be discovered, even new things that are being added all Absolutely. the time. And Absolutely. across a lot of different customer, a lot of different manufacturer items that are out there. Exactly. So- what can customers do if they if they work hard to set things up well at the beginning so they get a good 
discovery run. Is there anything they can do to help themselves over time to continue to make discovery work as well as possible for them as they add items and take away items and, and make changes? Yeah, absolutely. And, and some of this is going to lean back on that initial setup. Um, but but really not the pre-discovery setup. I'm I'm talking about when you're first getting started with discovery. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the most important things to do is start small. You know, start with a a subset of your environment. Don't just put it out there in the wild and try to discover everything under the sun, uh, because you might find pretty quickly that you do get everything under the sun, and that might not be what you actually care about. So best to start with small subnets you know, that have a, a representative set of the devices in your environment. And once you feel comfortable with the information that's being pulled back in that subset, that's when you start rolling it out over broader and broader subnets uh, until you're getting coverage across the whole organization. Now, once you're in that space, there are some great features that were introduced in the Fuji release of ServiceNow that help you ensure this stays healthy over time. So discovery is is basically going to populate all of the technical detail about these configuration items. And it's unfortunately not going to be able to tell the difference between, you know, a machine that's been pulled off the network and one that's, you know, actually shut down or one that, you know, left on the back of a truck. So we've provided some dashboards as part of the base platform now that give you a better sense of how many devices haven't been updated uh, say within the past month and so this this is something that people have been asking for insight into for a while and it's it's never been easier to get that kind of insight so that you can see when devices are perhaps aging out of your environment or perhaps if you have to introduce some new process around retirement of configuration items that's that's good information. And the dashboards that we're coming out with now are really, really useful to check and provide that information in a very visual way. So the people managing that CMDB can get that quickly and can see the changes over time very yeah, quickly. Absolutely. It's it's just so key being able to see, you know, how many devices of what classes are being updated by Discovery. And some of my some of my favorite metrics that are pulled up on those new dashboards are actually not related so much to the CMDB, but to the process of discovery itself. So you can call out very quickly, uh, for example, which, uh, which credentials have not been used against any devices. You can also see visually how your various discovery schedules overlap uh, over time, you know, with respect to their maximum run times and their historical average run times. So very cool visualizations that that really help you manage a a large discovery deployment much more simply so that's the dashboards would people use the dashboards for that information or would they use reports or a combination so the the interesting thing is the the dashboard is really just a collection of reports in a lot of ways Uh, but you can mix and match that data very seamlessly within the ServiceNow platform so what we provide in the base product is is sort of an example. It has a lot of useful metrics that people have been asking us for. It even has troubleshooting information. So it'll call out the errors in the discovery and actually give you suggestions for how to resolve that error. But you can add in additional data. 
you know, if you want to see your discovery details that we that we provide alongside the phase of the moon, well, you mm -hmm. can just drop in another content block that, you know, has an iframe out to some phase of the moon app out there on the web and see that side by side. And you can get that. It's all possible. It's all possible. Uh, I want to get into a few tips and tips and tricks uh, with discovery. Um, when people are trying to troubleshoot issues, if they're if they're having a problem or they they see something a little off, what kind of troubleshooting path would you usually take them through? So the beauty of discovery is its transparency. It's not a black box product. Literally every single thing that discovery is doing is exposed to the admin. So the first thing that I typically do is is look at the discovery log itself. So on the individual discovery run, you're going to see a, a log of any errors that occurred along with any warnings, any info messages, and that's a great starting point. You know, that's where you're going to get some insight into, you know, was there just a credential problem against one of the hosts? Maybe somebody, you know, limited access to that host and the old credential no longer works. If that's not sufficient, if you're really getting into the nitty gritty and finding some really weird problem in discovery, the, the next step is typically going to be the ECCQ, and that is the external communications channel. That's a, a table that we rely on in the ServiceNow platform to communicate uh, with our mid-servers. Those are the, the pieces of software in your environment that actually communicate directly with the hosts. But inside that ECC queue, you can actually see all of the commands that the mid-server is running, as well as all of the responses. So if there's an error return from running some shell script against some exotic Unix system, then you're going to see the exact output from running that in the ECC queue, even if the discovery sensor did not parse that out in a meaningful way. That's great. A lot of good information there. Yeah. Awful. and. A lot of good information. We haven't even gotten into, uh, there, there are a whole bunch of debugging options if you're getting really into it. Uh, you know, there's, of course, logs on the mid-server to, you know, debug every step of an individual SSH connection. Is there a feature, we, we have a little piece of the podcast we call the underdog feature. Uh there's all, there always seems to be a feature or two in, in, in all the different pieces and parts of, of ServiceNow that people don't know about or, or a feature that they can really help them out or is very useful. I think with Discovery, there's some other parts that other applications that work well with it that people don't know about. Can you give us the underdog Tip. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So I mean within discovery itself there there's lots of little little hidden gems here and there that people may not be using but I think my favorite uh by far is actually not in discovery. Um this is something that's that's part of the CMDB itself if you will. There are actually two modules that almost nobody knows about or it seems like almost nobody knows about because whenever I bring them up to people, they're they're blown away by the power that these expose. Well, you can give us the inside yes. scoop, man. Yeah, I know, you're on the edge of your you seat. You can give us the scoop. So data certification is one component and desired state is the other component. Now, these two tools manage uh, basically the human elements of the CMDB. The, uh, I, I often refer to them as the soft configuration item details. Discovery is going to get you the hard facts, things like, you know, how many CPUs are there? 
What's their clock speed? You know, what are the individual network adapters? That's, that's stuff that's really easy to programmatically ask a system about. But when it comes to understanding, you know, who actually owns a system and what it's actually being used for. So is this a test box? Is this a production box? Those are things that are a little bit more slippery to ask a computer about. Those are things that generally uh, only reside in somebody's head. And data certification, the whole goal there is to get that out of people's heads on a scheduled basis. So it makes it very easy to keep those soft details up to date, which are arguably more important sometimes than a lot of the technical details. So what what does data certification do? It it sends out a message and then asks people, is it a series of questions? Pretty much. Yeah. So So essentially the way that it works is you set up a schedule and that schedule is going to work through a, a filter. You know, the filter is going to say, hey, which configuration items should this apply to? The schedule is going to say, how often do you want to look at these items? And more precisely, which fields on these items should be certified at any point in time, at every schedule run? And so for, for an end user that actually has work to do, this is assigned as a task to that user whenever the schedule runs. And they're going to be responsible for basically just checking boxes to either validate that, you know, the data presented is still current or in line updating that data with new values before certifying each of the elements that they're responsible for. And the data being certified could be where that laptop is physically located, who's actually using it. That yes kind and of, yes. That kind of information. Yeah, the, the classic examples are, you know, is this still assigned to you? That's usually the, the best person to ask these questions of. Yeah. Is this still being used as a sandbox? Is it still sitting under your desk in San Diego? Yeah. Yes or no. And then how will that information obtained from data certification loop back around to work with discovery? Aha. Aha. Leading me right into that <laughs> one. That's that's really the the beauty of the ServiceNow platform overall is when when we talk about modules like this, you know, as as a, a lot of the people listening to this probably know, uh, we aren't talking about an integration that has to be done from, you know, our discovery CMDB and our data certification CMDB or our desired state CMDB. All of this is talking to the exact same data. There's there's no integration provided because there's no integration necessary. It's it's kind of implicitly integrated. It's and it's all integrated as the source of truth. Absolutely. And we're pulling yes. Different pieces and parts. Exactly. It. It's one platform that may have data populated from any number of different sources. Let's go back to the des desired state application or module a little bit and and tell us how that one coordinates with discovery. Yeah. So desired state is really the the third leg of the stool when you're talking about a, a healthy CMDB. So you have discovery picking up the technical components. You've got data certification picking up the human elements. And desired state is is really a way to drive policy around all the above. So sure, I've got accurate data, but is the data good? Is this something that I want? For example, you know, let's say you you want to say that every server in your environment should have a minimum of four cores and eight gigabytes of memory. Desired state is the way to drive that kind of a policy, where on a scheduled basis it will audit the CMDB. And it's only going to pull out the exceptions. 
So any of the servers that do not fit that, what we call a template, are going to be called out for remediation. And so rather than always generating work for a human to do, like uh, data certification does, it's only generating work when there's some action to be taken. When it doesn't meet that criteria exactly. that, that you've set up exactly. and asked for. You're basically saying this configuration item failed an audit. It is not up to snuff. It does not meet our you know minimum server specifications. Or this database is not adherent to our policy. It looks to be orphaned. There's no relationships between this database and any app server in our environment. You know, is this something that just fell off the back of the bus, or you know, is this a blind spot in our CMDB strategy today? Today, uh, either way, you know, it's something that should be remediated. So you can get a lot of benefit then from strategically using discovery, data certification, and desired state all together, Absolutely. and they can build off each other. Yeah, the three and people of them don't combined. know that. No, no, no. A lot of times, people will use you know just discovery and think that it's good, but then they they struggle to keep up with all of those human factors involved in a healthy CMDB. You know, when you're going through a change management process and you're about to pull the plug on a database server, that can be a huge, huge pain in the neck if it's used for production and you didn't know. But it's no big deal if it's just somebody's personal sandbox that's not actually supporting a, anything critical to the business. So having that insight is, is critical. They work together really well. I'd like to spend a little bit of time talking about the last release we did, the Fuji release, as well as the upcoming Geneva release. Uh, can you tell us some of your favorite features in Fuji and maybe give us a little sneak peek into what's coming for Discovery in Geneva? Yes. So to be honest, my favorite features are probably a little bit too dorky, um, but there are a whole lot to choose from, fortunately. So you can tell us about the dorky features, Ben. It's perfectly okay. Well, there's, we a, there's a lot of really cool stuff under the hood. Um, I think one of my favorite new features is uh, it's not really a feature. It's a bit of plumbing called the uh, the P3 sensor or the P3 script. And this is basically a, a way to make it simpler to author sensor scripts within Discovery. It's the probe pre-processing script, if memory serves, which it rarely does. And this allows some of the work to be done on the mid-server itself when it comes to processing the payload returned by running a script or you know grabbing a WMI key and simplifies the amount of work that needs to be done within the ServiceNow instance itself. So kind of a cool under the hood feature uh, that you know some folks are gonna take advantage of, I'm sure. We've already taken advantage of it to you know, streamline the processing of a, a, lot of the, uh, a lot of the probes and sensors that come with the base platform. And that was in Fuji. That was in the Fuji release. That was in the Fuji release. So there's really so much that came out in the Fuji release. Um, because there's constantly new probes and sensors. And, oh, yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah. And so some of those already take advantage of the, the new 3P scripts. There's a whole lot more coming. But in Fuji itself, there was actually more put into it than the previous three releases combined. Wow. So, Discovery team's been busy. Yeah they, yeah. they have been monstrously busy. And I think some of the some of the highest value new features that people are really going to enjoy are things like that dashboard that gives you better insight into the overall health of Discovery. 
Some of the other things are, are going to be the improved mapping of SAN and NAS devices and the relationships from those back to the servers that use them, uh, as well as better network mapping. That's also a, a huge new feature in Fuji. So constantly improving, tons of under-the-hood improvements, tons of very visible improvements, and you know it's, it's only growing into Geneva. Some of the things that we've been doing in the past lead into the direction that the product is heading. Now, as some folks may or may not be aware, uh, our acquisition of Nebula uh, about a year ago has been going swimmingly. We, we've actually been rewriting the entire product that we acquired, the product called ServiceWatch, on top of the ServiceNow platform. Geneva is going to be the debut of, of that being completely reauthored on top of the platform, but using precisely the same administrative interface as, as in the past. The exact same pattern architecture still applies and actually migrates seamlessly from you know pre-Geneva to Geneva. And now this all builds completely on top of the discovery product. So we're, we're seeing much more of a push towards more processing being done within the customer environment. You know, this is the way that ServiceWatch does a lot of it. Uh, it's also the way with things like the, the 3P scripts that Discovery is doing more of its work just to make it even more performant and, you know, less of a, less of a strain on your ServiceNow instance. And you're just going to see much more in terms of tying these worlds together uh, you know, getting more value out of Discovery along with ServiceWatch, along with other tools in the operations management space like event management. Uh, it's really all coming together quite seamlessly. Uh, and there's also, you know, a lot of features in the core platform that are going to make all the above much better. Uh, there's totally revamped CMDB reconciliation coming in Geneva. Uh, that's going to be fantastic for folks that are populating their CMDB from multiple sources. So perhaps they're getting some configuration items from Discovery and some from one of those old spreadsheets that they still have kicking around. Not spreadsheets. <laughs> you know, making making the decision of, of which source trumps what other source is going to be a whole lot easier than it has been in the past. Uh, there is a lot of information out there available about Discovery. Uh, I know that at Knowledge, you get quite a good group of people that get together to talk about Discovery. Oh, yeah. Can we you have... talk a little bit about the subgroup of Discovery aficionados that meet <laughs> and gather and talk at Knowledge? Oh, yeah. It's it's a bunch of nerds. I love it. <laughs> it's, yeah, Knowledge is always such a fun event for for me and, you know, everybody at, at ServiceNow. It's, it's a long week. It's a lot of work, but the enthusiasm there is contagious. You know, there are some great labs uh, that that really step you through a lot of the more advanced things that you might be able to do with discovery. So, are there are there labs for people that are just getting started, or do you have like a beginner's lab and then a more advanced one? Do you have separate sessions for discovery? nerds to talk you better believe it yeah they're there it runs the full gamut you've got labs for people that have you know never looked at discovery before all the way through people that are you know looking how to how to do you know custom classifiers for for brand new devices that we've never heard of and they all get together and talk discovery and yep. geek out yep. together on that yeah. The so labs, knowledge. Yeah. And the labs are particularly good because you're stepping people through. Yeah. Well, the labs are great, but I think 
you know, one of my favorite parts about knowledge is not not the content that us and our, our partners are providing, which, you know, we're usually driving a lot of those labs, but all of the all of the content that's actually coming from our customers is so cool. Uh, a lot of them actually talk about, you know, their successes with Discovery and the rest of the platform, totally un- unprovoked by us. You know, yeah. we, we aren't handing them a script of, of things to do. You know, it's because they're they're proud of the success that they've been able to to have. You know, the they've been able to grow the maturity of their business and and really accomplish some unique things. So for me, that's usually the most educational part of knowledge is seeing all of the cool ways that people have used our tools to to further their business. And they bring it to knowledge and, and enthusiastically share those oh, yeah. experiences Rabid. with people. Um I want to thank you very much for being here today, Ben. I also want to let people know that you can go to Knowledge to get more information about Discovery. The ServiceNow product documentation contains a lot of information, and you know that over the years you've worked with our writers oh, yeah. and other it's people. Everything you need to know to actually implement it most there of the time. There is a lot of information in our product documentation about discovery, about the probes, the sensors. It's a very technical reference information, and there is a lot of it. And also the ServiceNow community, much like the discovery nerds get together at Knowledge, when they're not at Knowledge, they use the ServiceNow community. There are very lively discussions in the community specifically about discovery. Ben jumps into some of those conversations. Some of our other ServiceNow people who have worked on discovery for a long time jump into those conversations. So I encourage people to go check in the community as well for discovery conversations and stay tuned for more in Geneva, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's gonna be a killer Ben has a big smile on his face. (laughs) He's, He's not revealing all the details, but we will see that all in Geneva. So. Thank you again for coming here today and talking to us about Discovery, and maybe we'll bring you back again after we see what's coming out soon. Oh, thank you. I'd love to. <laughs>